is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. I am JD Smith. Derek is uh, not able to join us again this week. Brother has been working and grinding in the real estate game, so he is not able to get here, but that's all right. He's uh, out of town, but that's okay. I lined up not one, but two stellar guests this week because, ladies and gentlemen, it is Bristol week. And so it's not just Bristol week, it's Bristol dirt week. So we have got a couple of great guests for you. Later on the show, we're going to talk to Charlie Langenstein. Charlie is the mechanical director shop foreman for Starcom Racing, Double Zero. We've had Quinn Half on earlier this year. He was great to talk to. Charlie's been on the show before, but, you know, he's a really good guy to talk to when it comes to dirt tracks and understanding all that. So more on him coming up a little bit later on in the episode. But a guy that I find extremely interesting, we wanted to talk to as well, and it just worked out. Both guys could come on this week. We thought we would have the interview. Uh, Noah Cornelius. If you're on Twitter, if you're very online, you may also know him as Noah Talks NASCAR. Uh, we had a really good conversation earlier this week. It was a lot of fun. He recently went to his first race in Atlanta. We'll hear about that story and we'll get his thoughts on Bristol as well. So uh, lots to get into with Noah and to kind of learn about his background. Getting into the sport is kind of a, a newer I don't want to say a newer NASCAR fan, but someone who recently came back to the sport, and he has a very interesting story in that regard, too. So listen, enjoy. You get kind of two really interesting perspectives here this week on the show because you got a guy who's a younger guy, big fan of NASCAR, tons of enthusiasm, and and very interesting to talk to. And then you also have a guy who's been, as I told him before we did the interview, racing for about a thousand years, <laughs> Charlie. So uh, enjoy this. I hope you guys are looking forward to it, and I hope it gets you ready for Bristol this week with the Cup Series. Noah, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, JD. Sucks that Derek couldn't be here. I Before we got on the show, you are talking about he was doing some realtor stuff. Got to respect the grind. But I'm just glad to finally be here because, you know, when you're in the podcasting gang, it weeks just get so busy. So Dude. I'm glad to finally be here. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you because that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on is, I mean, you got the podcast thing going. You got the YouTube channel going. I mean, uh how did you kind of get started into doing all this stuff and getting into the podcast world? Uh, I, I understand that you definitely want to make it like in the NASCAR world from reading you on Twitter and stuff like that. But how'd you get hooked up to start doing all this? Uh, yeah. So um, it all started last year after COVID happened. Before I got into NASCAR, I was a singer songwriter going on tour. Well, I was planning on going tour, going on tour around the region. I was getting ready to cut my first studio album. I was, I thought that music was what God wanted me to do. And then COVID hit and I got sent back home to Waxhaw, North Carolina. Um, it's about 40 minutes, 50 minutes outside of Mooresville. And I didn't really have the access to music that I had in Nashville. So I kind of was just sitting on my couch and NASCAR was the first sport back. And I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Um, and I started watching it and I realized, wait a minute, isn't Bubba Wallace a driver and he's biracial like me? And that connection really clicked. And at one point I was a super fan, like obsessed with Bubba Wallace. I've toned it down a lot, Bubba. So if you're listening to this, just know, just know I'm not yeah. crazy like that anymore. But um, it all, it, um, I got some Bubba Wallace merchandise, put it on the back of my car, some stickers. Then that whole thing with my dad ripping off the sticker off the back of my car went viral. Bubba Wallace reached out to me. That story blew up and then everybody started following me on Twitter and everybody likes a following. And I realized I love talking about NASCAR, 
So along the line and then January 1st happened and I said, why don't I just start my own show? Launched the show on January 1st and then it's just been nothing but just success and just positive message from there. Uh, you mentioned the incident with your dad and I got to apologize. I didn't know about that whole part of it. I literally, I think, I don't know how I stumbled across your Twitter at some point, but, um, but I didn't stumble across it because of that. So what happened with your dad when it came to the Bubba Wallace sticker, if you don't mind saying what that yeah. was? Yeah, sure. So um, actually, I'm kind of glad that it's kind of faded out of the line, like because at the time <laughs> it was a huge thing and I love my dad. And I think a lot of people got the wrong message. So when, back in like September, I was on my Bubble Wallace kick and mm-hmm. I wanted like all the Bubble Wallace stuff. So I got a Bubble Wallace sticker and I put it on the back of my car. And this was kind of around a time around the Black Lives Matter thing. And my dad is black and and he's not like anti-Black Lives Matter in any means. He's like a black person like me. And he just, he wanted me to stay safe. And we live in North Carolina, down in the South. Sure, and I go sure. To, and, I, and I used to work at Lowe's and there'd be a lot of, and I don't want to, and I don't want to generalize, but there'd be a lot of sketchy people. So, and if you saw like a bubble wall sticker on the back of your car, people might get the wrong message. Oh, you I don't, I, 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 I respect that because my brother who is not with us uh he's right. you know out on the road but he went down to the all-star race last year uh-huh. and he had his bubba wallace stuff on he's a big bubba wallace fan we both are um, oh cool yeah, yeah oh yeah like we we saw him race he raced at columbus motor speedway up where we are when he was in the you know k and n series now you know it's the arca series but That's uh, awesome. so yeah we've seen him race for many years we're we're big fans we've been rooting for him all the way up through but uh he had that on and he was getting yelled at i mean yeah. you know and he he looks like the people who are yelling at him. And it's like, but yeah. he was getting yelled at because he's wearing a Bubba Wallace shirt. So it's like, I can't imagine. And yeah. then to live that every day, I can I can understand in a small way where your dad's coming from, having yeah. kids of my own to be like, look, I get what you're doing. I want to keep you safe. Yeah. Totally makes sense from your dad's perspective, but also totally under- makes yeah. sense from where you're coming from. So yeah. Yeah, man, that's a tough deal. That is really tough. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. And, and at the time, I kind of understood, but I also didn't really understand. I really thought my dad was took it way too far because, like, one day he was like, I told you not to put any tacky political statement stickers on the back of your car. I ripped it up and threw it in the trash. And I was like, that uh, that hurt me to my core. Sure. Because in my mind, I thought that NASCAR had progressed. And it has. And that was it, it kind has, of, one of yeah it I has, agree with and you. That, yeah and that was one of the things that's actually helped me with with starting on my show but at the time like he sent me that text and i was just so mad over a little sticker and i was just so disappointed that this is what like even people of color are afraid to admit that they like nascar because of the the the, the consequences of it that i just went on twitter and i said i was like my dad just ripped my bubble wall sticker and i tagged bubble wall it's off the back of my car because he said it was tacky in a political statement. And I said, I don't give a damn what you think of me. I am a NASCAR fan and I am black. And I don't care if that offends you, if you are my dad or any other person. And that tweet got 6,000 likes. (laughs) And then Bubba Wallace retweeted and his tweet got 10,000 likes. And I kind of wasn't expecting that energy because I was kind of like a low level account. Like, no, 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 no. He was just trying to protect me. But I was still mad because like, you know, he ripped it off, called a political statement and tacky and all that stuff. But I'm glad that the situation worked out. Bubba Wallace sent me a bunch of stuff. And he even told me, it's like, yo, tell your pops. I said, you, you shouldn't be telling your son to not be afraid to speak up, you know? 
And then I got my dad on my side and he yeah. actually bought me his bubble wall sticker. So I have the <laughs> sticker that my dad bought me on the back of my car because it just came full circle. So now I got my dad into the sport. It came out with the happy ending and I couldn't be happier. You know, and not, and not to belabor the point, but it's something where, you know, when I have asked friends of mine to go to a NASCAR race in years past, you know, uh-huh. and the look I get sometimes it's like, uh, no, nah, I'm good. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Okay. Don't like cars. And they're like, no, I don't mind cars. <laughs> it's just like, well, what is it? And cause, yeah. cause I don't experience it. And that's wrong of me to not have, you know, I've had my eyes open over, you know, the last uh-huh. dozen years or so of just seeing things happen, but I can't, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to have to think about that when you're just trying to go to a race. It's good that NASCAR is making the strides that I think they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And that's hopeful. So, well, let's talk about going to a race because you went yeah, to sure. your first race this past weekend, right? To your first NASCAR race. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. This might be a little bit of no, actually, I guess it's not spoilers, because by the time all these amazing listeners of the Stagger podcast, <laughs> and if you're not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe to the Stagger podcast. Um, By the time that you guys are listening to this, my episode with Jeremy Clements will have dropped. So in the episode I had with Jeremy Clements, super nice guy, super down to earth, literally my new favorite driver next to Bubba Wallace. Um, I We were about to end the show and I was like, hopefully next time I see you, um, you'll have a trophy behind you. He's like, yeah, and I hope you're there to witness it or something like that. And I was like, you know, that would be great because I've never been to a NASCAR race. He said, you're from Charlotte and you've never been to a race. I'm like, hey, and I and, and my, I don't think I told him this, but in my head, I'm like two words, black dad. And, um, <laughs> and um, well, that whole conversation we just had, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes a way more sense now. Right. Sure. Yeah, it makes it makes more sense. He's like, he's like, I have two tickets to double header at Atlanta. I was like, double header Atlanta this Saturday. He's like, yeah, take them. And I was like, okay. I had three days to get an Airbnb to pick a friend to go with and to pretty much get everything down. So I texted my group chat, a friend, I'm like, who wants to go to the race? And my first friend, David texted me. And I was like, in my head, he had been to like nine other races before, but he's also biracial like me. So yes, I took him because he's my friend, but I also wanted to take him because he's a personal caller like me. And I wanted people to, to show people that this sport is for all. Oh yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, that's a great thing that you did, and that's awesome that Jeremy Clements reached out and very cool stuff. So let's talk about what happened when you actually saw them drop the green flag for I assume the truck race, and the full field comes by you at full speed. What was that like for you? I, I didn't think it'd be that loud, honestly. Straight up, I was like, <laughs> "All right, I can take my headphones off." and And um, yeah. they were like, "Drivers, start your engines," and the truck fired up. I'm like, "All right, that was pretty loud." Um, and then the trucks came around and I thought it was the loudest thing ever. Then Xfinity happened. And I thought that was the loudest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And then cup happened. And oh my God, when they came around that corner and they revved up, I was like, Oh, Oh, excuse my microphone. (laughs) You're all good, man. You're all good. Totally That's fine. what it sounded like. It like it sounded like my eardrums were reaching max capacity. <laughs> like the levels were hitting the red. I was like, "Wow, let me put these back on real quick." Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, I was going to ask you. So I saw you were asking people for tips and like, what should you do? And I saw a lot of yeah. people on Twitter were saying, "Get the uh, get the scanner and the headphones." I know yeah. I I recommended that at least. But mm-hmm. did you end up getting to do any of that, or did yes. you? Okay, what'd you think of having? For people who don't know, a scanner allows you to listen to driver to crew chief communications, spotters talking to the driver and the crew chief. Sometimes you can hear the crew chief like t- 
talking shit about the driver to the spotter. Like there's all kinds of stuff going on. So what did yeah. you uh, what did you think of all that? Did you did you get to surf around and pick some drivers out? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I um when I first got the scanner, I told my friend I I just spent seventy dollars on a radio. They're like, why did you spend seventy dollars on a radio? And I was like, you'll find out in a minute. So. I went to the truck race and I pulled out my scanner. I was listening to Bill Lester on the radio. And yes, I, right. And that's an, and that's another thing too. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent. But By all means, Bill Lester's a legend. So I'm glad you got to listen to him and you go to like a race. He hasn't raced in 15 nope. years, 13 years, whatever uh-huh. it's been. So that's uh-huh. very cool. I I forgot that Bill Lester was racing, and I'm I think I, like even as I'm talking, I'm understanding the magnitude of getting to watch bill lester hop in a car that's another person of color that's racing unfortunately the car just wasn't there it was a little too loose around the corners didn't have the speed but you know i'm I'm was glad to be there but i mean uh, that's where the scanner came in i got to hear him talking to his crew and even though he wasn't fiery like kyle bush he was still (laughs) um still it was just still great to hear and i mean even though people booed him from what i heard i mean i heard little bits and pieces there but dalen Barr, who i trust more than anybody on twitter because he's got a heart of gold in my opinion they were saying people were booing and i saw people in the class saying like nobody was booing i'm like man you know what the dude said like come on now this isn't like but that's another story i mean but this going back to the scanner yeah i mean it was great to hear people like bill lester on the radio and and i got to hear whenever a crash would happen i'd be like let's get to the thing and you'd hear the crew chief saying stuff like that i remember um i think it was timmy hill at atlanta and something happened to him and um he pulled into the pit stop and the crew chief was like okay guys we gotta get it out guys we have to get it out guys get the car out (laughs) get the car out now yes get it out yes go 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 and the pace car came around he was like ah like he got so mad i was like oh boy that's not good i was was like i'm sorry timmy let the car go take the jack out take the jack out like oh my god they get so fired up man it's like you do not want to be in their vicinity overall your weekend in atlanta how would you uh sum up what did you think of I guess we could talk about some of the action on the track. Okay, so let me tell you my in-depth analysis of the weekend. Let's start with the racing. Um, truck race. I did not drive five hours to see Kyle Busch win. Listen, <laughs> I love Kyle Busch. I sand his helmets at Off Axis Paint. Shout out to Off Axis Paint. Love those guys. Love everybody at that shop. I did not drive five hours to see Kyle Busch dominate yet again in a series he shouldn't really be in. Of course he's going to win. He has the most money. He has the most funding. He has the best truck. And he's the like he's arguably the best driver in the field. Of course, he's going to win. Nobody is going to be able to touch him. And that kind of takes a little bit of the energy and excitement out of me. Unless something happens like, oh, Kyle Busch speeds on pit road. You know he's going to win that race. And congratulations, Kyle Busch. You're a great driver, great competitor. And everybody wants to win. Maybe he wants to remember what it feels like since he hasn't done it in a while in the Cup Series. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And no no shots taken at Kyle <laughs> Busch here. No, no, no. By all means, take a shot every once in a while because every time he wins, I got to hear KFB, baby. KFB. Yeah. And it's like... Well, KFB didn't KFB much last year, did he? Like, it's all right. He's still, we know he's one of the greatest to ever yeah. do it, but he's, you know, he didn't have a great year last year, and he's still kind of yeah. struggling up in the Cup Series. Struggling meaning he's running yeah. like 10th and 8th and 5th. Yeah. A lot of yeah. guys would kill to do that. So, yeah. Yeah, no. But, I mean, of course, like, like 
Uh, the hat, like I talked about this earlier, Sackar, Sacker, the dumb, the vice president, homie was like, I hate the fact that we put a truck out there and we have to race Kyle Bush. And like, why? Cause he's, cause he's like, because we're wasting money because Kyle Bush is obviously going to win. <laughs> we're not going to get as much exposure as before. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm a Johnny Sauter fan via sponsorship. And just because like, I like Johnny Sauter shout out once again to the turn sacker. And, and there are points where Johnny Sauter had a fast car. I was looking at the end um, that down the back stretch and that dude was flying, but you know who else was flying Kyle Bush six seconds ahead of the field. And I was sitting there. I was like, you know, this would probably be a great race. Kyle Bush wasn't in it, but you know, I can't hate on too much. He'll do what he wants to do but I will not give him credit for 214 wins that that will always stand with Richard Petty. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that that's, that's going to be that forever. Yeah. Cause it's the cup series. I mean, as much as the cup series was different back then, it's, it's still, yeah, it's something to behold actually. Yeah. And we're big Thor sport fans being from Ohio. That's like the only team we have anywhere close to us. It's two hours away yep. up in Sandusky, but love it, Thor sport. Yeah. The Midwest racing scene is just so iconic. Indie car, dirt cars, modified late models, super late models. Like I want to go and experience short track culture. It's probably, I, I don't want to make generalizations, but I feel like it'd be a tiny bit more accepting than it is in the South because the South, when it comes to grass tracks and, and short tracks, that kind of got, yeah, it's go. well, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll be fully honest with you. There are some tracks you go to and it's like, okay, yeah. this is right off of a freeway. There's a couple major exits around here. It's not so bad. And then there's some tracks you're like, yeah. Oh boy, where am yeah. I? So it's, yeah. I mean, I've even felt like, I don't know if I'm feeling comfortable <laughs> yeah. here. Like I'm yeah. not down with the cause or whatever's going on yeah. over here. So yeah. So if you ever yeah. do want to do that, hit me up and I'll, I'll definitely, we'll get you hooked up. We, we know a couple racers. Uh, Ryan Broughton okay. is a guy that we, we have had on our show and he okay. runs, he runs 410 sprint cars. Uh, I'm going to hopefully okay. go see him this weekend, but yeah, man, yeah. I, he let me change a rear end gear on his car when I was <laughs> with him so if you want to like learn how a sprint car works we'll get you up here we'll go hang out with him and you can go sit in the pits and watch these guys race but that's the the best thing about those tracks is you just get access um so speaking of dirt bristol is now covered in it and they're going to run a bunch of nascar races on it what are your uh, initial thoughts i know none of us really know what to expect but what are you kind of thinking about bristol dirt as you've seen that just looking at it from afar so let me just say it like this. So I asked my boss, um, Greg Stumpf, who actually toured with the dirt team for like five years, like late model. And I did not know this at the time. Cause I asked him, I was like, how do you know so much about like racing lines and cushions on the wall and fish eye and fish hook and stuff like that? Like all these terms. <laughs> and he's like, I literally was with the team for five years. You see that she metal up on that wall. That's from the team I toured with. I'm like, wow okay so he's serious so shout out to him so i asked him one day i'm like you excited for bristol dirt he's like no i'm like what why he said cars are too heavy they're not going to handle well they're not going to get speed it's going to be single file i'm like whoa he's just rattling off i'm like whoa right whoa okay so i know that was kind of one of the moments when i realized like holy crap this dude's legit like i, I knew he was <laughs> legit before but like you know like this like there's so much to to him and his story and everything you got to get him on the show sometime that's, yeah that's that would be story. he's because he's did, so did he start off axis is that his company yeah, or okay that's yeah his company started with him and friends but um no like um the, there is the, it is literally one of two things are going to happen 
It's going to be the greatest thing we've ever seen, <laughs> or it's going to be the worst flop that NASCAR has ever done. I agree with you that it may be one of the top five shit shows of all time that we've had in NASCAR, like at least in a yeah. long time. So yeah. to, to that point, what I'm kind of wondering, because like your boss said, yeah, I think there's an expectation that we're going to see. What is it? Clint Boyer keeps saying high, wide and handsome, like no. four wide and it's going to be door no. slamming. And it's like uh-uh. you might see it for a lap or two, but yeah, I tend to think it's going to be a lot of that, too, where guys are going to to take another Thor sport driver, Matt Crafton. He won an Eldora Absolutely. race a couple years ago where he just ran the bottom and ran it straight. And that was it. And there was no drama. There was no slap in the wall. It was just real keep it clean so maybe that's yeah. maybe that's what they all go with but and i'm not trying to, to talk, talk down nascar in any way i mean i'm trying to get a job NASCAR. <laughs> so i mean no i gotta no, kind of, of course my, not i got i gotta kind of temper my opinions a little bit but i just don't know how this is gonna be and well here's the good news sometimes that not going according to plan is actually really fun because we yeah because we have yeah. twitter like sometimes the bad oh, races oh, are boy. fun on twitter you know what i mean oh like, boy <laughs> Boy, more, uh, that's Twitter has become my life. And I know people are like, oh, just tweet what you want to tweet. It's like, well, when you're again, when you're trying to get into the sport, mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. think about what you're going to tweet. And sometimes that stresses me out. But no, I mean, I feel like it could be fun. But if it's a disaster, oh, my God. Oh, we're never gonna, we're never going to hear the end of this. You know what? That's a, I, I just thought of something. Oh, yeah. What comes up after this weekend? Nothing. There's a break. <laughs> so we're going to have a two week break. So if it is terrible, what I would say is, and no disrespect to them, they're great, but you may want to avoid like serious NASCAR radio for, for the, for the day. If it is bad Monday or Tuesday, there might be a lot of people calling in with hot takes. And mm-hmm. if you don't want that negativity in your life, just be aware it, it is possible that could be happening. So. You know, I think this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a disastrous crapshoot, and Kyle Larson is going to win, and we're never going to hear the end of how Kyle Larson is the most versatile driver on the circuit right now and mm-hmm. how he's a favorite for the cup, to, the, the championship. And it's like, and it's like, you know, con- props to him for winning. You know, it's hard to lug a 3,500-pound car on a yeah. dirt surface. It's in the midget, which is only 800 pounds. We got a midget actually sitting in the off-actor shop right now because we sometimes we use the extra space. Um, That's awesome, driven by t- It's driven it's cool by they have race, car- have race cars just sitting in your office. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and that's, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> like, no, we have one of them in the shop, and they're tiny, and they're light. You can literally roll it on things. These cars, again, are so heavy. Like, I don't know how people, I don't know how this is going to be. And combine this with the fact that they only announced this a year ago. Do people understand? And and even though I don't watch dirt, I know this for a fact. It takes years to understand and master dirt. I had Anthony Alfredo on the show. I said, how do you think you're going to do? And why do you think you might not do that great? No, I'm playing. I was was like, I was like, so... (laughs) How do you think this is going to go? He's like, I got to trust iRace. And I'm like, oh boy, have fun. I mean, <laughs> I just, and again, like even for the seasoned dirt veteran, they're not racing 3,500 pound cars no. around dirt. They're racing lightweight midgets. Well, look at, look at what the, doing. look at what they're all doing. I mean, how many guys have jumped into that truck race? Good news is for us Bubba Wallace fans. Yep. 
Bubba's good on the dirt. At least he was when he ran the trucks. He wanted Eldora. So uh-huh. that's a, that's a you know, we'll see what he can do with that. But he's in some pretty good equipment. We'll see what happens. He is. He is. But again, we have never seen these drivers in a 3,500-pound car going around the track. And half of – no, no. Like, like I would say 30 out of the 40 people have never run dirt. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if that's accurate, but I don't know how it's going to be. <laughs> no, it's be a lot of them. You're right. It, you're, it's a yeah. lot of them for sure. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they're going to do this next year? Because I I guess it all depends, right? I'll how- be honest. <laughs> I don't know, man. I am, If I'm being serious, I don't know. I mean, if we – it's if we get an Atlanta style race without a good finish, just like 300. Well, no, the stages. So, I mean, like, you know, if we get like, well, however many laps without a, well, I mean, we're going to get, I guess we're going to get crashes, but it's, it, it doesn't really seem like a feasible multi year event to me. It yeah. just, I don't, I don't really know the cost of putting dirt on the track every year unconfiguring it reconfiguring it and then like the, there's just, I, I just don't know the racing is gonna have to be top notch or else it's gonna end up like another kentucky or another iowa and then it's gonna be like bye-bye i respect him for trying some new things this year i mean all the road courses everything else i think that's and now having a dirt race too i think that's pretty interesting i'm, yeah. I'm thinking like we're talking about this one as if this is the one that's gonna be just crazy but coda could also be nuts when they go to circuit of the americas or you know there's other potential for big time weirdness this year anyway so well no it's been really great having you on um real quick oh it's over already i mean you know i don't want to keep you i could talk to you all night honestly and we definitely want to have you on again soon but i guess i'll leave you with this i did have one kind of like semi galaxy brain moment think for a second let's try to figure this out what are you most excited about for the now that you're kind of back into the sport What's something that you're most excited about for the future of NASCAR? More diversity. And I know that scene, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, of course he said that. But no, I, I really, I really mean this. Um, and also what I mean by diversity is not just more black people. That's just, that's such a token pandering response. Like, I mean it like all demographics, women, Latinos, Latinx, um, Asian, black. We got people in the ranks. We got Akinori Ogata's son, Rio Ogata, in ARCA, I believe he's racing. Roger mm-hmm. Carruth. I'm. I would say I'm friends with Roger Carruth. I text him sometimes, like, "How you doing, man?" I'm excited to see him grow. We got a Mexican female driver in the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series doing her thing. Um, I mean, I'm just so excited for the diversity. But I'll also say this. I'm also really excited and hopefully NASCAR becomes more accessible because I made this point and I only really came to this realization. Why isn't NASCAR as popular as baseball, football, and basketball in America? And it's not just because of the viewers. Why do you, why do you think that is? What do you, well, I mean, I have some thoughts, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. It's because from a young age, you can pick up a bat in the mitt, you can get a soccer ball. You can set up two sticks for a net. You can shoot on a made-up hoop. But you cannot drive a car for free. You have to pay for the gas. Yeah. You have to pay for the tires. You have to pay for the cart. You have to pay for the track time. You've got to get the sponsors. You've got to drive back and forth to the track. It is not nearly as accessible as other sports for these kids who are growing up. But with iRacing and the Urban Youth League Racing School and all of these new efforts for a track house and all this stuff, NASCAR is slowly becoming accessible. Obviously, it's not going to become as free as like a rec basketball team where anybody can do it. 
but it is becoming more accessible. And I think if you, and I think everybody dreams of going fast, whether they know it or not. So I think the thing that I'm most excited for is diversity and to see NASCAR become more accessible than it has ever been. Well, Noah, we appreciate it again. Noah Talks NASCAR, the podcast. Probably if you're listening to this, you either know of it because Noah may have directed you to our podcast, which we appreciate. But if you are not listening to it yet, go check it out. It's very cool. It's every Tuesday night. Yeah. So um, Noah Talks NASCAR. Again, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube now. We just launched a video effort. I upload episodes every relatively every Tuesday at 7 p.m. But I think by the time this episode drops next week, I will have five women from five different areas on the NASCAR sport. I'm dropping five episodes next week to end women's to end women's history month on a NASCAR span and That's on great. a good note. But once I get back to my regular schedule of, you know, not uploading five podcast episodes a week. Um, yes. Tuesdays at 7 PM. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you got your post notifications on. You don't want to miss a single episode, baby. There you go. Noah talks NASCAR. Find it wherever you get your podcasts, find it on YouTube and follow him as well on Twitter at Noah C. Cornelius. When we come back, we talk dirt with Charlie Langenstein. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. You know, if we're going to go dirt racing like we are at Bristol with the Cup Series, I can think of very few people that I have access to that would have better insight on what needs to happen with the mechanical aspects of the cars than the guy we're about to talk to. His name is Charlie Langenstein. Charlie's been on the show before. He has tremendous stories. He has wrenched on everything from big block modifieds up in the Northeast on dirt to Indy cars to NASCAR for many years, including multiple years working on championship teams with the Hendrick organization This uh, 48 car you may have heard of, won a few championships. He was a part of five of those championship teams. He is now the shop foreman and mechanical director at Starcom Racing. And Charlie, Starcom Racing, man, you guys are sitting on the pole for a heat race. How about that? Pretty stacked heat race, too. You see that thing? (laughs) I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what. A lot of hot rods in that one. <laughs> What's the old saying? You got to get fast, fast, you know? Because <laughs> you got that crowd breathing down your neck, man. You got something going on. Well, yeah, especially with a, a young driver, and we had Quinn on the show a few, <laughs> a, a few weeks ago. How important is it just to get laps, period, you know, around this track versus all the adjustments that I'm sure you could make, right? Like, at, you could bring the car in a bunch of times and tweak a bunch of things, or is it just more important to have him out there making laps and, and do minimal tweaks? Where do you guys kind of sit on that? Well, we, we feel like we got a good baseline set up, you know, as long as the car will do what it needs to do. Cause these cars really weren't designed for running dirt, you know? And, uh, there's a lot of things you can do, but, uh, you probably won't get it through tech. And there's a lot of things you can do and hope you get through tech. And there, yeah, that's, that's the part that I'm going to be interested in. Cause, uh, I'm just going to be curious of what the other guys roll through because, uh, you know, the big teams, I mean, I've worked on a big team. I know what the budgets are for a deal like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's still a points-paying race. You know, it still gets you in the chase. Uh, our thing with Quinn, basically, we got to give some laughs because he has zero dirt experience. You know, I, I told him I made a joke with him a couple weeks ago. I said, you probably need to go out to NASCAR Speed Park and, and just ride around that damn slick track because that's what I did for my son for years, you know, and just <laughs> kind of get it's, – it's all car control, but it's not only steering car control, it's foot control, you know what I mean? Because uh, – 
you know, you're a, what I call a tire fryer. You're going to light these tires up. You got to, you got to, you can't spin tires. You got to make sure you're getting maximum grip. There's going to be a lot to it. I mean, even just if he has to tear a tear off, I mean, that's a whole new, you know, that's a whole new, uh, adventure so let's talk about because i'm really interested in the technical aspect of of all of this like you've said you know these cars and, and we've heard that you know from everybody these cars really aren't designed like a dirt car to go around a dirt surface so what makes a dirt car like let's say a i'm try, what's the heaviest dirt car would that be a late model would that be those big blocks uh no you know big yeah, yeah see i'm the northeast modified guy i, I, yeah. I grew up doing all that kind of stuff but i've raced everything you know i i fool with sprint cars and dirt late models asphalt cars and um, hell, even Indy cars. But, you know, these cars are like a 1,000 pounds heavier than everything else. Naturally, uh, well, let's just compare it with a super late model like, like that was there last week. You know, those guys have got – the cars were designed to do what they're doing. You know, you, you, you get the, the rear end steer in the car, which gets the car to turn. Um, and then they have like a 430 or 460 cubic inch small block in there, probably on alcohol. And, and I mean, those things go, you know what I mean? It's going to be kind of crazy if you see their lap times compared to the cup car lap times. But, you know, you're not comparing an Apple with an Apple player either. The challenge for me, because I am a dirt guy and my reputation is dirt and everybody thinks I can wave a magic wand over the thing. <laughs> the challenge for me is there are some things you can do if you could get it by. Okay. There, you know, and we don't have the money in our, in our budget to pay fines. We can't afford to lose our crew chief for a week or two. It'll probably be in my, my idea, probably one of the best viewed uh, cup races in a long, long time, you know, just out of curiosity. That's what I was wondering. I was talking before you came on, we had Noah Cornelius, who's a, a younger you mm -hmm. know, YouTuber, yep. podcaster, and we were both kind of commiserating about how it has a lot of potential for uh well the word shit show came up i think that might have been my word but either way yeah 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 it could, it could be a shit show um but what i was going to ask is so how likely do you think it is that we actually see some of the sliders getting thrown and some of the stuff that makes dirt uh, track racing so much fun how, how likely do you think that is somebody's going to try it i can guarantee it whether it works or not and that's 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 the funny thing about it. i mean you got I mean, if you watch the, the race last night on uh, what I call video games, I mean, I got a lot of respect for those guys, but it's a yeah. video game, you know? Yeah, the iRacing, um, right. Yeah, right, exactly. And I watched a little bit of that, and, and you know, guys are trying to slow, throw sliders and stuff. People are going to try to do something, and it may or may not work out, and they may or may not pull the move off, and they may or may not take somebody with them. A, a team like ours, you're going to unload, and you're going to get two 55-minute sessions, and you're going to you're going to line for the heat race and then, uh, you know, you're going to survive that or whatever you got to do. And then you're going to get ready for the race. So a lot of guys, you, you got to throw your best thing at it. And we, we threw everything we could at it. We got to kind of go, go, go into a, a, a more of a defensive mode, not attack mode. Mm -hmm. But we also don't want to get in a situation where those guys are going to use us up for a caution, which could happen too. Not saying they would, not saying they'll just, they'll pick on the double zero. There's other cars out there that could happen. But some of these cats, if you get in their way, um, they're, they're, they're not going to play. You know what I mean? They're, they're just can't take a chance. What we've done is we try to do everything we possibly could, make a good car to get the car to turn, to get the brakes to work the way you need to, um, everything. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things we did to, you know, we also, uh, took in consideration of the weather could be rain. Now I say if it, it, it does rain, we're not going to be thrown out there on a, on a wet, tacky track, but they're, you know, when water's in the track that, you know, there's certain things to do. The guys that understand dirt racing will probably have a little edge on one or two races and then, then everybody else gets smarter. So what would you say presents one of the biggest challenges for you guys in trying to, you know, build this car to go around a dirt track? You know, these cars are nose heavy. You know, they're, 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 they're like aircraft carriers, you know, they're going to be nose heavy. <laughs> um, you know, a turn on an aircraft carrier isn't, isn't easy. Okay. But, you know, the racers are going to figure stuff out. You know, there's things to do with the shock absorbers. There's things to do with the shocks and the springs and the bump rovers and the, um, there's so much things you could do and, and, and be perfectly legal. 
there's a lot of things you can do. And if they catch you, you get busted. You know, there's a lot of things you can really do. But, you know, um, and, and I, that's the thing. I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to do what, you know, if somebody wants to take it to the next level. But uh, with that being said, um, breaks shouldn't be that much of a problem uh, here. I think, I think the guys are going to uh, maybe use the brake to maybe steer the car. And, and, and you're going to see a lot of on-throttle stuff. And that's, that's where the games are going to be played. You go to some of these dirt tracks, at least around here, and you'll see those late model cars on three wheels. That left front is just mm-hmm. straight up in the air almost. I mean, obviously you're not going to see that with these cars. Like you said, they're very nose heavy, but to what level can you play with the shocks, play with the spring rates, things like that to get these cars to turn? Well, you could do a lot with shocks. Um, you know, you could do a lot with shocks. I'll say it one more time. You could do a lot with shocks. Um, <laughs> I and, like and, this, and, is, and, this is the mind of someone who knows exactly what you could do, what's legal, what's yeah, not legal, and you got a race yeah. coming up. So I get it. You're, and, and, you're and, in an and, interesting and, spot there, yeah. Yeah, and, and I know what my budget is for fines, zeros. <laughs> in fact, totally my, my, understood, our, our, yes. our, our budget for fines at Starcom is zero, zero, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with shocks. Guys are going to try to get as much promote as much rear steer in the cars as you can. When I say rear steer, if you look at a super late mile, how the left rear goes forward and uh, the car stands up. Um, but that's all the suspension, you know, that's all it's on their own links and rods and stuff like that. And with truck arms, you're not conducive to do it because it's, it's, you're picking up directly underneath the center of the rear and they're lazy. They're long, you know, where the super late mile cars, the way they're designed. Uh, where the the suspension points, whether they have bird cages on and stuff, that's a bird cage is like a rocker system in the back where uh, where the rods go forward and back, or actually where the, uh, two rods go forward, but you know the the bird cage rocks as far as suspension. The biggest thing you want to try to get if you can get away with it is, is promote some rear steer in a car. I'm not saying these guys, you know, I, I probably don't let the cat out of the back right now, but but it, yeah, I'm sure NASCAR is going to be looking for something. Okay, and I know, and I'll tell you what, our competitors are going to be looking for something. You'll stand down in the corner, you can see if somebody's doing something. I mean, you can look at a guy's car and see what's going on. So I don't really know. No one really knows what to expect. I mean, you know, we got to go in this thing knowing we're not racing super late models. We're racing uh, cup cars. I think it's going to be a damn good show. Yeah, it's for sure going to be interesting. And these cars, I know you said they're not like the the dirt cars, the super late model cars, but uh, rear ends of these cars, very similar to the truck series, I would guess. Uh, is there anything you can take away from what the trucks did at Eldora? Is there anything that you guys have looked at as far as that? Is is that what teams are kind of doing as well to try to get some insight? A lot of guys probably uh, into this deal probably called uh, some of their buddies in the truck teams and found out what they did at the, um, on the truck races. We actually have uh, one fellow at ours that um, worked on a championship truck team um, in a, a red horse race, and you know they didn't win the championship, but they were they were a very good uh, truck. Yeah. Um, he had you know he had in his uh, back pocket of what he. But they did over there, you know, for, to help the trucks. And then, you know, some of these guys like Briscoe, you know, he's ran Arca. And I think he won every Arca race on dirt, you know. And, of course, a lot of those tracks are mile tracks. They're like Decoin and stuff like yeah, that. They're a lot right. of bigger tracks. But, you know, you still, I'm, you know, I'm sure that the guys called uh, some of the, some of the Arca guys and uh, picked their brains on some stuff. So uh, I'm sure there was a lot going on. I did a lot. Me, me personally, the last couple weeks, a lot I've been doing was a lot of video of the races um, just to see what the track's doing. But I can take a consideration a certain type of car as a salt the tire it's going to take more rubber best race that i watched that i can compare a cup car was watching the street stocks you know what i'm saying because that's pretty much it's pretty much what we are you know like yeah. a, like a street stock style car um like the trucks have the truck arms like like the cup cars do um basically the same rear suspensions and stuff like that um so and uh, you know we 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 call around too and talk to some people and we have two guys that actually worked in our work in our shop that have uh, truck experience that, that was real good and then 
a lot of my dirt racing experience, you know, I, I got to, I can't totally apply it exactly like I would. I think our car's a dynamite, man. It's a, it's a real good car. We're real, we're real, real happy with it. We'll just have to see. We'll, we'll know after first practice, just like, you know, we get, we get two practice sessions and Saturday night will be the heat race. So we'll, we'll have a better understanding. And, you know, once he gets a couple of practice sessions, he, he go back to the hotel or the coach where we're staying at and sleep on it, think about it and do what he does, you know? So you, you mentioned it, but how much of this race do you think is going to be racing against or or competing against the nascar tech people and how much of it's actually going to be on the track exactly exactly and, and these guys have gotten smarter too okay these, these nascar guys have gotten smarter i mean they cracked down on a rule here recently for your wheel wells right mm-hmm. yeah for the All arrow right? right that was because teams were getting yeah. an arrow advantage on that yeah but but you know they wanted they wanted to put the temple on there and they don't want to see no daylight mm. that's near impossible you know, but you, right. you got to do it, right? I mean, you're talking metal that heats up and moves. I mean, it it, it, it can be done. But there's other guys before they come out with this rule. There's so much error advantage in that stupid little area there. And that's why there's one team that's not running as good as they have been. I think this may have hurt them. Now they got to kind of rebalance their car. Was that team running really well last year, you're saying? And then this year, not so much? Yeah, I'd, 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 say, I'd say that team has probably won most of the races last year. You know, and, and, and you know, saying uh, mm. whether that's it or not, but they're right, off right. a little bit, you know, and they'll get it though. Those, those guys are smart. They got wind tunnels. Hex, they, they even own wind tunnels, you know. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, even even the driving, I mean, the, the way these young kids are out there, you produce set of tires on cars. Those kids, you got to get all you can for five, ten laps and fall in where you are and then, then race different. But you can't put a new set of tires on there and just kind of ride around and think you're going to um, have some tire left at the end. Because by the time you do that, you're going to get lapped, you know, or, you, you know, yeah, you might have a lot of rubber on your tire. If you're lapped down, you better have more than that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. So that's what these cats do, man. They, they, they put new tires on there. They drop that green flag and they're three, four wide and have it at it. The racing has changed, you know, the, the, the way these, the way the, the style of racing has changed. This whole deal is going to be, you know, going to be cool because you're going to have guys that are driving this way or driving that way and trying to pull a slider, slider going bad, slider going good. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I, I do, do you think the same dirt principles apply as far as, you know, if you see the track getting real rubbered up, black and all that, you know, you're going to be looking to get into the dirt, right? You're going to try to want to stay out of the rubber if you can. Do you think that's going to be the same thing for these guys? If you're good, too, you can go in and cross that black, cross that rubber, and you can see a lot of that. And there's just, there's just different styles of running. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys, too, to try to run the top all night long and and uh, could get in the fence and tear the shit up, too. So I, there's no, who knows, you know? There's there's no no way. And, uh, but that's why a lot of these guys are, you know, up there at uh, – GoPro running go-karts and running midgets and running this and doing as much running. You know, you got to run as much as you can. You know, Kenny Schrader was a good example. Of that. You know, I still made seven days a week. He's racing something, you know. I mean, a lot of these guys, it's a, it's a, it, it, they won't see too much of, a, might not see much of it. Um, some guys will run tariffs on their cars on their, their helmets because of maybe dust or what have you. But, uh, you know, in, in grassroots level, I mean, just taking your tariffs is an art, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got grab one, you might it. grab yeah, you grab one, you might grab them all, and then you're out there in a the heat race. <laughs> you can't see shit, and then uh, but it, it's it's a totally different animal. It's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be great for uh, the sport. I think it's gonna be great for uh, the ratings. I think it's gonna be good. Should be some good racing, and maybe a, an underdog like us can have a nice night. You know? Yeah, Who knows? <laughs> absolutely. Let's hope so. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, Charlie, we yeah. always appreciate the insight. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys uh, will be able to get some of that, you know, to break your way, and and we'll get to see you guys running up front there 
and that'll be a lot of fun. So and I appreciate it, but I tell you what, now that now that we're starting on a poll, there's gonna be a lot of eyes on us, don't you think? <laughs> hey, that's what you want though, right? That's what the sponsors well, yeah, exactly. want. Exactly. That you know, that, that, you know, the way I look, that's good. But we're gonna we're gonna go there tomorrow and, and we're gonna work on uh getting him comfortable in the car and getting the car the best we can and, and work together as a team and get everything going and hell man, you know, see what happens. Indeed. Thanks again to Charlie Langenstein for coming on the program. And two things I took away from that interview. Number one, that little uh, pause at the end there. Well, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's about where everyone is with this one. We don't know what to expect. I think a lot of the garages are in the same boat there. So we're going to have a lot of fun watching that race. The other thing is, notice uh, every time we would talk about the rear end of the car, suspension. I mean, that's that's where the speed is found. There's, There's little tricks of the trade. All these guys know them. It's how much can you get away with? How much are you willing to risk to get away with? And obviously different teams have different thresholds for that. But I love getting the inner workings of that guy, picking his brain on on what goes on in these cars. So we wish him and Starcom and Quinn Half nothing but the best in the race at Bristol. Derek will be back next week. We will talk to you then. Full recap of Bristol, and we'll look ahead as we're getting closer and closer to the start of the IndyCar season. I'm excited for that as well. So that's all coming up next week on the show. Till then, stay safe and stay staggered.